You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. All right, welcome back to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. Uh, joining me once again is Alan Karpik from goldenblack.com. Alan, how are you doing today? I am doing well. Gorgeous day up here in West Lafayette mm-hmm. and uh, getting ready for a Big Ten football weekend. Yeah, so we're going to dive into the Minnesota game, the Big Ten opener for Purdue here in just a minute. Alan, as we kind of uh, prepare for this game, or as the Boilers, I should say, prepare for this game, they had coming off a bye week. After, I'd call it kind of a rough start when you and I talked back in, I believe, late September. I think you and I would agree we both kind of felt they could be 2-1 and one going into this game, possibly 3-0 and oh, depending on how that TCU game went. And obviously, as we saw almost two weeks ago now, that was a, uh, a rough loss with a lot of injuries involved. Um, what do you think on this young season? We're about 25% of the way through now. Uh, your thoughts on the 1-2 and two record? Well, I don't think there's any way to say nicely that it's not where Purdue wanted to be or nor where it expected to be. There's there's some reasons for it, but I think the game that still really sticks in the craw, at least of observers, it doesn't necessarily, uh, if you're a Purdue player, you hope you've moved on, but the fact that the Nevada game, such a shocking uh, turnaround in the last, uh, last uh, quarter and a half, and to let that game get away, you would feel a lot better right now, Adam. If you're if you're Purdue, if you're two and one, without question. I mean, you're right. The TCU game was a was a toss up pretty much any way you look at it. Even had the Boilermakers been at full strength, mm-hmm. but the storyline now has developed into a team that's going to try to have to find itself with a couple major pieces missing. Obviously, one being Marcus Bailey, uh, who will be out for the season, the the, the run-stopping uh, linebacker that uh, had meant so much to this program over the last uh, several years with 40 starts. You just don't replace that in a defense that mm-hmm. hasn't been all that stout in the last year plus. So that, and then you, t- you and then you have the ongoing story of Elijah Sindelar, uh, unable to play against Texas Christian, um, and then, and then whether he plays Saturday against Minnesota remains to be seen. And uh, all those storylines and several other injuries have, have uh, come into it. Injuries are a part of football right. without question. But Purdue has lost uh, many, many seniors in, the, in that group, and it's made a big difference on the start of this football season. Right. And you and I have talked before. Purdue definitely has a lot of talent, but not necessarily a lot of depth, especially depth with experience. So I, these injuries obviously do start to take on a toll on a program like Purdue, especially, again, when they're starters and they're seniors, right? Well, yeah, I think the, someone had said that on the air, on the plane to go to Reno, uh, that Purdue chartered, there were only seven seniors on the plane. Wow. And you think about that, that's uh, pretty stunning. And when you think that of those seniors right now, Marcus Baylor, Bailey, Elijah Sindor, Matt McCann, Tario Fuller, uh, Lorenzo Neal, there are five of those seven. Uh, now, again, I don't think Lorenzo Neal was on that flight to, to um, uh, and, and Tario Fuller might not have been either. I don't know. But my point is the majority of your experience uh, your at least your dyed in the wool experience your is not playing, and that is a big big problem. Right. And, and I think that you couple that with an offensive line that uh, knew we knew was going to be a work in progress, uh, and it still is. And the Purdue's inability to run the football is tied to that. All those factors have made for a rough start for Purdue. There's no nice way to say that. Coach Brown talked earlier this week about regrouping and finding themselves heading into this game. Why we 
took this past week and tried to work hard at improving ourselves before we got fully on to Minnesota and making sure that, um, you know, each and every day we're, we're, we're trying to get better on the things that we feel like uh, we're not very good at. And uh, I do think progress has been made, but you know, we've got to make more, and we've got to do it come game day. And We've got to see more guys show up. We've got to see more guys compete and play hard. And- so let's talk about this game Saturday. Minnesota, 3.30 uh, p.m. in uh, ross Aid Stadium. Game's on ESPN2. It's Military Appreciation Day and Youth Day uh, up there in West Lafayette. Minnesota comes into the game as, I think, a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, injuries uh, included. Uh, what are your early thoughts on this game as we head into Saturday? Well, I, I think it really boils down to something quite simple to me, and that is if Elijah Sindelar doesn't play, uh, I think Purdue is a decided underdog in this game. Uh, if he does play and can play well, uh, and, of course, Sindelar coming off a concussion that was suffered in the last play from scrimmage against Vanderbilt in week number two, after Sindelar had a scintillating football game and one of the great performances of, of any Purdue quarterback in history, um, and, and to come back and lose a guy like that, and if he doesn't play, I, I, again, it doesn't eliminate Purdue. You know, I think Jeff Roms talks about the next guy's got to step up step up jack Plummer did some good things in week three against tcu but he's not elijah sindelar uh not even close yet and so that uh, to me is really to boil it all down that's kind of what it comes down to the boilermakers will be really i'd move that line to seven eight nine points if you're purdue uh playing at home against the minnesota team that's won three games by a total of 13 points but when you look at the numbers Adam, and, and the fact that Purdue has only been able to run for 50 yards in the, yeah. uh, a game, in three games, a historic low for Purdue football, uh, that's problematic. So, again, they're all kids, and Jeff Brom's calling for them all to step up, and they've got to find themselves. All those things are true. Yeah. But uh, it's tough when you don't have your, have your guys that you're really depending on. Right. And you talk about the run game. Now, I saw there is a possible – a uh, chance that Ricky Worship returns Saturday. Any update on that on your end? Not to my knowledge, and that okay. would surprise me okay. still. Um, uh, it, uh, it, you know, there's been some talk, and again, that would be a big plus. It would be a plus, right? I should say. I don't know how. You know, Richie brings a guy that uh, is a guy that can 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 run over some people when healthy. <laughs> um, uh, but and you're going to need that with that offensive mm-hmm. line struggling to push off. Uh, anything would help. And, 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 I, and yet I don't know that it's as fair to say that it's the running backs. I know they've moved Jackson Anthrop uh, into that position. You may see Rondale Moore get more carries. Mm-hmm. But Purdue's got to be able to scheme itself to, be, to get on the edge and to be able to do the things that it wants to do in the passing game. And I'm just saying, uh, without any great analysis here, Elijah Sindelar does that a lot easier than Jack Plummer. And, sure. and yet... Uh, again, Jack Plummer has got his chance and, and uh, did not did not embarrass himself by any stretch of the imagination, but there's still a huge difference between a guy and in, uh, in Sindelar that throws for over 500 yards, admittedly against Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, TCU's defense extremely stout, sure. at least against Purdue, and uh, th- that that's a difference as well. So they're, they're kids. they got chances to step up, and they've had a couple of weeks to get ready. That all bodes well for a team like Purdue right now. But uh, it's going to have to get better in a hurry come Saturday afternoon. And you mentioned Jackson and Rondale, two guys I was going to bring up anyway. Um, you see a difference there, and would Jackson get straight off, straight handoffs, or do you see it more of like a pitch or you know one of those lateral throws? And same with Rondale, 
you know, these guys don't typically take handoffs per se. No, Rondale hasn't. I, I don't know. His whole career has probably taken. I, I don't. Outside of jet sweeps, um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how many he's taken in his in his in his uh, uh, fifteen games, sixteen games that he's played in West Lafayette. But I, I don't know. I think they like Jackson Anthem for a number for good reasons. One being they can trust him in the in to be in the right place to make the right play. Uh, in the blocking, uh, you know, you don't look at Jackson Anthem and say he's your blocking back. And, and I don't know mm-hmm. that it's fair to say that uh, that King Daru and or uh, Xander Horvath have not done the job blocking. I, I I'm not prepared to say that. Uh, what I am saying is Jackson Anthem gives you a little bit more versatility. Is a guy that will definitely get you in the right position, um, and and maybe he can help you a little bit. I don't see him as a as a panacea to make it to, to, to make things all better for the Boilermaker offense. But I think the general tone with a guy like Jackson Anthem is quite simple. And that is we want guys that show that they can make plays. Mm-hmm. And Jackson has done that in his career. He's not played very much last year's, right. you know, but, but uh, he, he played, uh, you know, he came out in his first game against Louisville as a red shirt freshman and catches a touchdown pass. Um, he made it, you know, had a touchdown reception this year as well. Uh, he's a guy that just has a way to making plays. And I think that's what Jeff Brom's looking for. Rondell Moore, you know, I've said a couple times, not that I'm any expert on this myself, but I'd love to see him in the backfield more just, just to be able to simply have touches. Cause when that guy touches the football, typically great things happen. And I know TCU kind of took him out of the game a couple weeks ago. So I mean, I don't know about you, Alan, but I'd like to see him line up back there as well, whether it's handoffs or quick pitches or, you know, quick out routes or whatever, I'd, you know, just finding a way to get number four or more touches would you know, be something I think we'd l- all like to see. Your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I think Jeff Brown would, would agree that that's always been the strategy. And, um, you know, I saw the Nebraska-Illinois game last year, week and the, this, the, the 2019 version of, of Rondale Moore, maybe Wandale Robinson, a kid that Purdue recruited mm-hmm. uh, and really would have loved to have had who is at Nebraska, uh, a, a diminutive guy that uh, makes plays in the receiving game, makes plays in the running game. Uh, and, I, and, I, you know, Jeff Robb talks a little bit about how he kind of keeps his eyes on, on other games. This is a off, or an off week, and they did recruiting, et cetera. But my point is, is they, they have a way of talking to, or, or not talking, but watching what other teams do. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty, pretty in, inventive and innovative in what they try to do as a football program. So, I wouldn't be shocked if you see, you know, they want, want Rondell Moore to, you know, you want to go with your best. And, and I think that that's where Jeff Brom, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a little bit more of an emphasis on him this weekend. Um, you know, do I see him getting 18 carries? No, but uh, I do think, uh, like you talked about, I do think it, Purdue needs to, to, go to go down swinging with its best players, and you've got to be able to put your best players in the best light. You know, you hope also for Purdue that David Bell – you know, there's a chance that he may be back as well after the, the shoulder injury suffered against TCU. It looked to me like that was at the untrained eye looking for the press box that David might uh, might be out for the season. That's yeah. uh, not the case, apparently. He's another guy that can be a difference maker. And right. Purdue just has to be able to, to, to position itself to be able to use those guys to best suit its offense with some limitations right now. Yeah, I'm with you on David Bell. I'm watching that game from home seeing him uh, when he went down and the way he got up, I was scared. It was one of those clavicles or something like we saw with um, uh, uh, Devin Funches down here for the Colts. But, you know, fortunately, yeah, it sounds right. like it's not as severe. Um, 
as we maybe initially thought. Other injuries, uh, Lorenzo Neal, any chance we see him on the field Saturday? No, it doesn't sound like yeah. it. They, they were talking about the first chance of him would be uh, against uh, Penn State. Okay. And I don't know. You know, as long as longer this goes on, I just I don't know. Until I see Lorenzo on the field, I, I'll believe it. I'm not being critical of Lorenzo necessarily. I'm just saying uh, Purdue desperately needs him and needs him to be, to be uh, effective. But uh, Lorenzo's also a guy that's uh, got future plans, and, and he wants to make sure he's healthy. And I get that as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's got to, you know, he's a guy that uh, a lot of people think will be a high NFL pick. And, and so you have to think he's going to wait till he's really ready to go. And, and it doesn't sound like it's going to be this week. Gotcha. Crazy to think that Purdue could go into this game this weekend without all three of their captains. That's pretty crazy. It is. <laughs> and and uh, again, with a young team trying to find itself, um, Jeff Brom and his coaching staff, I, I think, has got a leadership quotient to it. But you got to have it on the field, and um, that I just think is a real challenge when you've got uh, a true freshman at defensive end who's probably been your best playmaker this year, and George Karloftis. Uh, you've got some talent out there, but there is those intangible things that happen. Uh, there's a lot to be said, and this is where I think Marcus Bailey is a is a is a big problem. Not having Marcus is the fact he gets right right position, guys in the right position. All those things uh, tie in together, and and again gives opportunity for somebody else, and uh, that's what Purdue has to hope happens. All right. All right. Historically, Purdue is down in the series, 33, 38, and three. Again, we remember what happened last year when Minnesota kind of whooped on us, 41 to 10, up in their place. Um, historically at home, though, Purdue, 21-6 and six historically against Minnesota at home. And if you remember correctly, 2017, uh, Brahms' first year, last time Minnesota was here, was uh, Brahms' first uh, Big Ten victory as a as the Purdue head coach. Allen, as we look forward to Saturday, and we talked a lot about Elijah earlier and how much of a factor that will be, what are the keys for Purdue to, to come out with a W? Well, I think if you look at Minnesota, and Minnesota has has, which I don't think I've heard of in 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 my years, at least watching Purdue football, they have four backs, excuse me, three backs in their in their current backfield that have run for a hundred yards against Purdue, and that's amazing. Shannon Brooks did it twice, uh, and and uh, you know it, it is Muhammad Ibrahim did it last year as well. Rodney Smith in sixteen, so. Uh, and yet the Gophers have not run the football very well this year. I think only averaging 2.6, 2.7 yards a game. Uh, I would say Purdue better be able to make the Gophers one-dimensional, and that historically is going to be hard uh, just because of the, what the success they've had running the ball on Purdue, and they've had a, had a lot of it. Uh, and Purdue's had a hard time stopping the run. Purdue had a hard time stopping the run against TCU, certainly. So uh, that is that's a big factor in the game as well. I think you better start there. Uh, you better make they want to make Tanner Morgan uh, Minnesota's sophomore quarterback, who has done very well this year and has been extremely good in the clutch. He's had to be for Minnesota. Minnesota's trailed for literally almost half of the fourth quarter uh, in each of its three games, and yet has three wins. Yeah. So. Uh, but Tanner Morgan's had a lot to do with it. He's hit over 71% of his passes in the fourth quarter. So he's a guy that's experienced enough. He's only a sophomore, but this is a guy that can make some plays. And I, I think that uh, Purdue has to be able to control that. Uh, the line of scrimmage is uh, be decent in the line of scrimmage, be able to protect its quarterback, whoever it is, 
and make Minnesota one-dimensional. If you do all those things, you got a home crowd uh, that you're going to have a chance in a football game. Uh, those are all ifs. And uh, I also think Purdue has to get its mojo. Purdue has its mojo under Jeff Brom when it's scoring foot, scoring points. And, and uh, that's a, the, another thing that you're going to want to see if you're a Purdue fan. Right, exactly. A uh, couple similar programs, third-year head coaches, both programs trying to rebuild. Could be a great game. Again, a reminder, that's uh, 3.30 on Saturday on ESPN2 for those who can't attend the game. Um, also, as I mentioned earlier, it's Military Appreciation Day, and I saw uh, the Purdue team store uh, – tweeting out a really cool hat shirt combo for any of the fans looking to get that to kind of support that cause. Uh, Alan, as always, I'm so appreciative of your time. I uh, look forward to this game Saturday and hoping uh, Purdue can come out with a victory. And I think it could be a really good game and obviously an important game to, to start off the uh, Big Ten season right or the Big Ten uh, win-loss column right, I should say. Uh, any more thoughts as we wrap? Well, I just think, uh, yeah, you, the Purdue's margin for, for uh, error has, has lessened due to some of the injuries, due to the Bailey injury, to be quite frank. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I think that uh, this is a game Purdue can win. If Purdue wants to get – I said this last week, and I'm sure others have said it, if Jeff Brom gets Purdue to a bowl game this year, it will be his best coaching job mm-hmm. during his tenure in West Lafayette, and, and uh, that would be a, an impressive thing. And to do that, I think you need to win on Saturday against Minnesota just because the way the schedule lines up and who you have to play. Uh, it's daunting thinking you have to go to Wisconsin, even <laughs> Northwestern in November, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously you have yes. Iowa on the road as well. So yeah. Purdue's going to have its work cut out for it. That's the Big Ten. That's what you signed up for when you get here, and the, that's what's going to be an interesting storyline to see if Purdue can be competitive throughout the rest of the 2019 season. That's right, and the Penn State game too. So yeah, I definitely... yeah, no, yeah, no, no mention of that. <laughs> of course, that, that may be the most difficult game. Right. Uh, in, on the road, that in Wisconsin, certainly the two of the and Iowa, the two, two or three very, very difficult road games. All right, definitely a game if they want any chance to uh, represent the Big Ten West in Indianapolis. A game they gotta gotta win this weekend. Alan, again, yeah, I, I, I think if you're Purdue, you better take it one step at a time. Right. But yeah, that's right. If you have any hope of of, of being in that contention, uh, Saturday's an absolute must. Definitely, Alan. Again, I'm. As always, I'm appreciative of your time. For our listeners who uh, want even more in-depth coverage on Purdue football and even as Purdue basketball is gearing up and starting practice now, goldenblack.com is the website. You can also follow uh, them on Twitter at goldenblack.com. Um, and then, of course, Alan, Tom, and Brian up there all do great work, uh, great articles up there. So please check them out and uh, consider uh, subscribing for their uh, um extended uh coverage if you will all right alan uh thank you again man. all right thanks so much really adam appreciate, appreciate it. it all right take care man. all right take care all right bye-bye a reminder you can follow the full steam ahead podcast on twitter at full steam pod you can also listen like rate and review the podcast on apple podcasts spotify google play and stitcher thanks again for listening to full steam ahead podcast until next time i'm adam bartels